Welcome to Am I Famous Yet? Memoir of a Working Class Rock Star. This is chapter two, I'm sorry, chapter 22 called Exactly Where I Want to Be. Going back to my early days in New York, I had a firing that felt like my career was over before it even began, that my dreams were crushed. Let's call the guy I was working for former lead singer of Platinum Rock Band or FLS of PRB for short. I had worked for PRB back in my record company days, so I knew the cats in the band well enough uh, and was able to help their success from the business side of things. But I had quit the record company job and eventually had gone to music school in Boston. Once back in New York after school, I found myself in FLS's new band after the demise of PRB. It was a golden ground floor opportunity. Even though PRB had broken up, FLS was still under contract to the record label and was expected to deliver new material for a debut solo album. We had big plans. We rented a rehearsal space, started to assemble a set of music, and began collectively writing new songs. A few months into this process, we were ready for the debut solo gig of FLS. It was an opening spot for another established band at a major rock nightclub in Manhattan. I remember sitting on that stage on that stage that day during soundcheck and saying to FLS's face out loud in English, quote, this is exactly where I want to be and what I want to be doing, end quote. As far as I was concerned, I was on my way with him to rock stardom on my own terms after leaving the corporate world behind. Though I was still a temp secretary during the day to pay my rent, I saw that this band was a, my, a clear path to my eventual success. The club was sold out that night. The air was electric. We took the stage. It went well, not astoundingly, just well. The last time FLS had been on stage was with PRB, which was a much bigger deal than an opening, opening slot at a nightclub. From his perspective, the show didn't go well at all by comparison to his recent former glory. He had a point. While we were, we were writing songs by committee in this new band, which isn't the most effective way to do that necessarily, the band members were also mostly comprised of FLS's friends rather than the absolute baddest cats in town. It wasn't as strong a solo debut as he had hoped for. In his mind, the solution was simple. Fire the bass player. I got the call the next morning. I was devastated. I felt the air squeezing out of my lungs like it might never return again. I just didn't understand it. Of all the cats in the band, I was the only one who had any formal training. I had hit all of my marks, sang all of my parts, and played my heart out that night only to have it ripped out of my chest and held before my face, still beating before being thrown on the ground. That was a tough day. Over the next year, several interesting things happened. For one thing, I was reminded about an incident in the career trajectory of PRB. When things weren't going well for them in mid-career, they also fired their bass player. That was supposed to solve their problems. It didn't. I guessed, correctly as it turned out, that FLS firing me was a repeat of that pattern. It was supposed to solve his new problems. It didn't. It, it, I was just the first one fired from that new band. One by one, each of the other cats got fired every time FLS ran into some new problems with his still yet to be launched solo career. Each time the inherent problems with his, with his new act were still not solved. The record label ended up dropping him too, uh, though he eventually signed with a new label uh, by then uh, and had by then a completely new backing band. Two of the songs I had co-written by committee were nonetheless included on the album that was eventually scheduled for release. 
I owned a 25% writer share of one song and 20% of another. I kept getting calls and faxes marked urgent from FLS's lawyer telling me that I needed to sign my publishing rights over to his company immediately. They also said some BS about it being necessary for me to accept only half of the normal royalty rate for my share of these songs. This was standard business practice, they claimed. They would then allegedly collect the publishing monies of these songs and pay me my share of the royalties. They seemed to have forgotten that I had been fired and had no interest in cooperating. Thanks to some competent legal advice I got from an old classmate, I knew how to proceed. I did nothing. The album finally came out. My writing credits were listed on it. I had still signed nothing, even though the frequency and intensity of the threats in the faxes from his management company increased. But there was nothing they could do about it. I was a lone wolf. Instead, I got a recommendation on how to create my own publishing company through ASCAP and secure my own publishing administration deal through Bug Music. They would only take a 10% administration fee of any money they collected on my behalf. 10% I could handle versus giving away half of my money. Also, that half that FLS's company would owe me, I might never even see. They had no allegiance to me either. Though I don't know it for a fact, I suspect the following events probably happened. The rest of the guys who were still in the band probably signed the initial publishing deal with FLS. Eventually, they were all fired as well. When the album finally did come out, it did very little business. It turns, it turns out that that dream gig with FLS wouldn't have been my path to stardom at all. I suspect the other guys in the band re received absolutely nothing in royalties. Over the course of a few years, and thanks to monies collected by Bug Music from the record being played in elevators in Finland and things like that, I have made tens and tens of dollars on that deal. Who's laughing now? Music